You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh, and James Jones. And we start this week's podcast with the news that I'm sure many of you will have heard by now that unfortunately uh, Nikki Caton, Isla Caton's mum, who I'm sure we all know, uh, we certainly all know Isla, uh, has announced this week or in between since the last time we did a show uh, that unfortunately the doctors have said there's no more they can do for Isla's cancer uh, and they will be stopping treatment and that she hasn't got too long left on the planet with the rest of us down here. Extremely sad news so we just want to as everyone else has done or thousands of you West Ham fans and football fans from around the country have done so far send our very best wishes our love our thoughts our prayers all our support and uh, just hope that Isla and her family get as much uh, strength and comfort as they possibly can do in the next couple of weeks uh, days months whatever it's likely to be however long beautiful little Isla's got left of us uh, but just uh, yeah we wanted to start the show with that of course and pay tribute to them they're an absolute inspiration Isla in particular of course uh, been fighting for such a long time now so many years Nikki as well trying to raise as much money as she could uh, we've been a, a tiny little bit on this show managed to donate um, a couple of grand last year we're working our way uh, towards it, I think we're just over a thousand pound for Isla's fight through our Betway charity bets this year as well. Uh, thousands of fans who've who've contributed and and had their hearts um, sort of taken along uh, on the ride and and fully got behind the cause. So to hear that news from Nikki this week was obviously heartbreaking and as I say, what's an unimaginably difficult time for the family, myself and James, uh, everyone who is and has been involved in the We Are West Ham podcast before, just sends our very, very, very best uh, to Isla and all of her family um, and hope that the the next few weeks they get some some lasting memories and some moments that they will remember forever um, and that, yeah, they, they get the strength and the comfort they need from, from wherever they need it. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to start with that and a reminder as well that uh, Nikki, the Just Giving page for Isla is still going. Uh, they're looking to raise uh, as much money as they can, as I've already mentioned, to to make those last uh, moments or the last days, weeks or months, whatever it turns out to be, um, that Isla's got left with us uh, as magical and memorable as they can. So if you are able to donate anything, I'm sure lots of you have already. Uh, if you haven't and just haven't got round to it, hopefully this is a, a bit of a reminder and perhaps you could chip in a few quid, whatever you can. Um, for what is and has been a, a fantastic cause 
Um, yeah, so that that's, couldn't start the show with anything else tonight. So we we send our love to to Isla and Nikki. Well, James, I uh, you joined me tonight. Incredibly sad news in the week, um, or sort of, uh, you know, at the beginning of this week. We're Tuesday night. We're speaking at the moment. Um, yeah, absolutely heart wrenching stuff. We've we've been sort of, you know, keeping as as so many fans have. Um, we've been keeping up to date with uh, with Isla's situation and with with all the updates over the past couple of years, particularly so since we linked up with Betway for the charity bets nearly eighteen months ago. Now at the beginning of last season, that was um, and that Isla's fight when we were thinking of the three charities we were going to give some money to Jonesy, Isla's fight was. By far and away, the first one on the list, wasn't it? Um, you know, it's, it's a cause that means so much to so many. Um, and yeah, just sad news at the weekend. That it seems like there's uh, there's no more that the the doctors can can do for Isla in her in her long fight against neuroblastoma. Yeah, it's such tragic news. And um, I was only saying to to Lucy yesterday, I was like. Because we've been so West Ham fans and neutral fans as well. We mustn't forget that you know rival fans have also got behind the cause and, and helped raise money through different events and, and different fundraising and, and stuff like that. But it feels like we know her personally because we've been so sort of kept up to date with with her journey and sort of been behind her all the way and behind her family all the way. So when the news broke yesterday. It, it, it was just so tragic that you know there's nothing more that that can be done, and um, I you know I just want to send my thoughts and, and my love to to Isla and, and and her family, um, on behalf of of my family as well because you know I mean it, it cut deep, a lot deeper given I mean my, my son turned two recently and I can't even imagine what they must be going through, um, and, and listening to. The video yesterday and the update, and just thinking, you know, I couldn't, I, I couldn't even begin to imagine what what they must be feeling and and how heartbreaking it must be. I mean, it's heartbreaking anyway, just hearing about it and and sort of because we've been on the journey as well in 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 one way, shape, or form. And um, yeah, it's um it's so tragic. And you, as you quite rightly said, you know, if we can somehow raise enough money so that you know a final days weeks months whatever it is hopefully it's 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 long a long time um as long as it can be to make it as memorable as possible for Isla and her family then I think that's all that really matters and um yeah get a bit choked up talking about it to be honest because it's um yeah it's tragic yeah absolutely horrible mate um you know we're ringing true with with so many people and they've been all over the place, uh, into America, Spain, Barcelona. They were in there for for a while, looking to get treatment and just continually fighting. And uh, you know, one, one thing I was I was talking about it to someone earlier on, uh, James. And obviously, once once a little bit of time uh, passes, uh, it's just one of those things where Isla has and will leave a legacy that you know, that way far, far, far greater than any of us are ever likely to on our however many years we get on the planet. Isla so cruelly has, uh, has seemed to have been given a lot less um, than many of us are lucky enough to enjoy. Uh, and, yeah, it's one thing that she will be for, remember, for such a long time. Uh, and what's important, you know, it, it might, obviously the news was was sad, but the next few uh, the next short period of time, certainly in the short term, uh, Nikki's looking to to make sure those days are as enriched and fulfilling for Isla as they possibly can. Uh, I think she's been given assurances by uh, the doctors as well that, that it'll be a relatively, you know, suffering-free um, yeah, when 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 the end does come, uh, which is again that we all hope and pray that for her as well. Uh, so yeah, just been they've been absolutely inspiring the battle that they've been on so far. Uh, it seems that the battle uh, is done for now, and it's just um, yeah, just then make about making the next period of time as comfortable and as enjoyable for Isla as possible, which is certainly a cause that we can all get behind, and we really hope comes to to fruition for for Nikki and the rest of their family. So uh, yeah, 
love and support from the We Are West Ham podcast. James, uh, as always, with things like this, uh, when tragedies happen, be it personal, uh, public ones, whatever it is, life is brought into sharp perspective, is it not? Uh, particularly football as well. Um you know, some, it feels sometimes cruel, doesn't it? How life does just go on. Uh, I'm sure, the similar things uh, will be. Nicola, Nikki will be no doubt having having similar feelings over the uh, the next period of time to come, and pr- probably has done in the years gone by. But uh, life has rumbled on. West Ham have had some football games uh, to talk about. We'll obviously be be sort of giving uh, due coverage and and. You know, due discussion to to Isla's situation over the coming weeks and days and and then beyond. You know, like we've already said, we'll never forget her. Um, West Ham did have a game on Sunday, Jonesy. Uh, we we will discuss all that in a minute, but I think for now we'll just leave this as a as a section um, and just doff our hats to to Isla, send all our love, and uh, yeah, hope the next few days and weeks um, are as comfortable and as fulfilling as they possibly can be. Well, there we go, James. Uh, Hard and emotional start to the show. Uh, Obviously, understandably affecting affecting you, affecting all of us. uh, Having a having a youngster yourself, Um, totally understand why that hits home for you, mate. Uh, There was a football game uh, at the weekend. We were endeavour. We were going to keep talking about West Ham for now. We we had a conversation about it um but you know it's sad news and and there's still still time to go and and things to to be positive about particularly all the the money that people are raising for that cause um excuse me jonesy there was a football game at the weekend uh burnley nil west ham united nil up at turf Moor. i had the misfortune of going to that game (laughs) one i was (laughs) particularly excited about going into the weekend bit of a tradition as i've mentioned before of mine and my dad's to do burnley away um i'm flipping i'm gonna have a word of him i think next season and ask him beg him for that tradition to come to an end because that was a a long cold chilly wet arduous journey i mean the car was quite dry and warm to be fair i'm just sort of over dramatizing it a little bit um but yeah five hours in the car either way for nil nil uh, in freezing cold Burnley where neither team particularly looked like they were going to score um, yeah I mean should have had a penalty I, just, I don't know it was really I don't know <laughs> yeah it was the first time ever well, for ages you know and I love going to away games it's like the essence of what I love about supporting West Ham uh, but I, when I got back I got up uh, or I left my house at six o'clock in the morning on the Sunday to meet my dad um, at seven and drive up together. And I think I walked back through the door around 11 PM ish. And yeah. And I just, <laughs> it was the first time I got, got out of the car as I got back and I was like, oh, oh, this could be the beginning of the end for trips of five hours plus or whatever. <laughs> like I know it was a point, but, even though, you know, when you draw two all, you feel like you've got something out of the game because you're mm. like, oh, yeah, we've scored and we've battled back or whatever. And you feel like you've earned the point. But this one just felt like it was like a consolation prize that you walked away with from that because <laughs> you hadn't contributed. Like, it didn't feel like we'd earned anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's not one that we'll remember for, for very long, is it? Um, no. It's delightful with a clean sheet. I, I, yeah, it's a stat. Delighted. Yeah. I, Burnley haven't scored for about seven hundred years. It's only our second clean sheet at, uh, in a top-flight game at Turf Moor in thirty games. Hmm, that's quite impressive. Nice one, Stato. That is quite yeah, impressive. Though. Didn't know that. Didn't know that until until I, I knew it was one before the game, and I thought, oh, probably won't. Repeat be that then, mate. Repeat that. So for before us. the game, we'd kept one clean sheet in thirty top-flight trips to Turf Moor. And that came in a nil-nil draw. I think it was like in the nineteen twenties, I think. <laughs> right. Um, I think go to that one. So yeah, no, you didn't go to that one. No, but it's, yeah, it was almost it's almost a hundred years since we kept a clean sheet. Technically, at yeah, yeah. In, in well, I mean, that, 
In that case, I had I known that when I was there, I'd have been a bit more enthused. <laughs> so, but technically, you see, you've almost seen history. I've seen in history flesh. in the making. Yeah, first yeah. one in almost hundred years. I'll give my dad a call. I'm not sh- quite sure how much of a uh, consolation that's going to be to him, but I'll <laughs> give him a buzz to see if he feels any better about it. Well, but Jonesy, I think, in my opinion, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, the biggest talking point of the game was the penalty because I think if that gets given and it goes in, first of all, I would have probably won my charity bet because Lanzini would have taken it and I backed him to score. Um, but first and foremost, I think they would have changed the game up. Burnley offered nothing going forward. And even if if that had gone in, even if they did then start pouring men forward, it would have opened up a bit more space and perhaps made it a bit more easy for us to create something in behind them. Um, or they continue to offer nothing. And we just keep it nice and tight and we walk away having won one nil. All right, nothing pretty, but we've got the three points and we move on. Uh, what did you make of the pen? Or the pen that wasn't? Um... It's frustrating given that uh, David Moyes alluded to it afterwards that it was a weekend of really soft penalties throughout the entire Premier League. I mean, Saturday mm. was just littered with really soft penalties. Some of them were penalties. Others were, you know, you wouldn't have been that bothered if they weren't given. Mm. Um, so it did feel a little bit strange that when it comes to our, our opportunity to get a penalty and Dawson is quite clearly tripped up, mm. um, like VAI, I would look at it and just go, nah, decided I'm probably not going to give that one today. And I mean, it, genuinely, that's what it felt like. It was like, <laughs> well, we've given quite a lot of penalties this weekend, so we won't give that. Mm. Um, the, I think the argument was that. Um, sure, I mean, that can't be the thought process. The, the, no, that, I mean, the, I think the argument was that he was running, he wasn't in possession of the ball. Right. He was kind of running to protect the ball from, I think it was McNeil, wasn't it, or something that, that tripped him. Um, because he because he technically wasn't in possession of the ball at the time, the penalty wasn't given. Right. But then, so why are penalties given when at corners when strikers are? Mate, out? that's sorry. Yeah, that's Stuff rubbish. Like that. well, look, so, Ronaldo wasn't in possession of the ball the other day, and Matt exactly, Terrence dragged him exactly. down. Exactly. Well, that, well, that's it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really buy that, but it's just a really baffling decision not to give it because there was quite clearly contact quite clearly oh, i'm glad contact. you said that because i thought you were going to so, be like well not really and i thought i can't really not in the mood to argue with you mate i'm glad <laughs> no, we mate, disagree mate, really mate, I did, annoyingly i was watching it but i was also looking after harrison at the time so i was kind of half watching it yeah so at the time um i was i was less outraged than i probably would have done had i had my 100 percent focus at it or had you driven 10 hours to be exactly there. yeah so <laughs> but I, I kind of saw it watched it saw that var and i kind of missed it in real time so i was only looking at the replays and i was like oh yeah they'll give that got distracted went back still, still saw it was nil nil checked to see oh my god we haven't missed a penalty have we um realized we hadn't and then she caught up and realized that var just decided they couldn't be bothered to give it this um on the day so yeah, yeah frustrating. Enough. I mean, I think we. I mean, I think we would have would have gone on to win. Um, yeah. I don't think Burnley really gave us many problems throughout the game. Yeah, uh, and I can't imagine that would have changed, even if we'd have gone one nil up. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't. The only bit at the end was Jay Rodriguez when he nearly like scuffed it in um, when a ball yeah. came across, and I was like, if that goes in, that is it. That really is it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I suppose point point is a point i mean we've i'm sort of trying to take some positives in that um what's happened before where we've lost to wolves beaten liverpool uh lost to uh who was it no drew yeah drew with brighton beaten chelsea it's sort of like a little bit of a disappointing result against a smaller team is normally then followed by a victory over a bigger one so, so uh, trouble is yeah. the next game's norwich so Oh, no, it's Arsenal, wasn't it? Of course it is. Yeah, I was going to say, are you yeah. all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, Arsenal, I'll lose my bearings. They're throwing you, aren't they? Well, look, I'll be honest, mate. I don't think there's really too much else to say from Burnley. It was a pretty grim game. That was the only major thing of controversy. I'm just going to say, if you want to hear my thoughts on Antonio, see last week's podcast or see the week before. Because he just lolloped around, offering nothing on or off the ball again. And it's the same. It's nothing different from last week, mate. We should have bought another striker, whether it's psychological fear or not, I don't know. But I'm not going to repeat myself and just bore everyone with the same stuff. I think it's really disappointing. And it's time he pulled his finger out. And there was talk of him getting a new contract in the week. 
but mm. like earn it go and earn it now he was brilliant at the beginning of the season everyone knows how much i love him but now it's affecting the whole team like the midfielders just run up and he's not offering anything anymore he's not running in behind he's not making himself available he's not dragging defenders out of position to even if he's not putting in the net i don't mind that but if he's making it possible and easier for the midfielders to do it fine i don't care if he scores zero all season and that happens if we keep scoring and playing well and winning but it's not and it's irritating um Declan Rice played pretty well, which is just what he does these days. Um, he had a couple of chances. Nick Pope played all right, but they weren't like world-class saves. They were kind of ones most of them he'd be expected to make. I just thought overall we just looked a bit flat and it was just a bit like, oh, come on, what's going on? Do you, do you agree? Yeah, it was another one of those games where we could probably still be there now and we wouldn't have scored. Just It was one of those games where we just, really struggled in front of goal. I don't think we had any problem creating chances. Yeah. Um, it was just that final pass, that final ball that um, let us down. Like ben Rama had that back post header, which Pope got to and, and saved, which, I mean, having seen the replays, it was relatively close to Pope in the end. He did sort of make it look harder than what it was. But, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Deccan Rice had a couple of runs into the box from deep and, and probably should have done better with one or two of them. But he's not a striker, so you can't really blame him for that. And, I mean, you're right on Antonio. Just his work rate makes such a massive difference when he's on his... When he could, you know, when he's on his game, work rate-wise, work rate wise, it makes such a difference to our attacking threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He creates space for the likes of Ben Rama, um, the likes of Bowen uh, and stuff like that. So, but Bowen had an off game, I thought, considering the form he's been in, but I think, you know, he's got enough credit in the bank to warrant a, a, a an average performance given how well he's been, so, how, well he's, how well he's played all season. Hmm. So, yeah, I think it was just an off day from all the attackers and I thought it was interesting that Moyes come out after and kind of almost gave a lot of them an ultimatum and said, you know, you've got to wrap your game here because we're not going to stay in this position otherwise. No. Um, and it sounded, from his words, it did sound like, where sound as if he was, Ready to maybe ring a few changes. The trouble yeah, is, you can't exactly. change. You can't change Antonio. Um, I mean, he's already done it with Lanzini. Lanzini's come in. For, he's dropped four now as the last couple of Premier League games um, for Lanzini. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he does to to ring the changes to a point where players start up in their game because. There's not exactly, many, mate. The, the depth, the depth isn't there. You know, exactly. maybe, maybe it, it, it hammers home the, the, the desperation of bringing Lingard back in January just to give a few, yeah. a of, give a, give him a bit of a rocket and go right. Lingard's back. I don't know. Yeah, we're definitely the centre forward. That's for sure. Well, look, uh, it's a bit of a different podcast this week, mate. We've both got other commitments, um, and the Arsenal game sort of made time is a little bit awkward as well. But I'd say other commitments just working nights this week is my uh, issue. Um, but Jonesy, we've I've had a chat earlier on. Uh, so what I'm sorry, my point was there that uh, we're just going to do half of a podcast this week, half a bit later in the week. So you'll get the intro, which we've already done. The Burnley reaction, which you've had there, uh, an Arsenal opposition view next ahead of Wednesday night's game at the Emirates, and then the Betway bets just for that Arsenal game. And then you'll get another podcast later in the week uh, with a review of the Arsenal game, a look ahead to the Norwich game, and another Betway check back to bets. Hope that's okay. Uh, I've got Dan Cutts, sports news editor from Sun Sport, joining next massive Arsenal fan as well uh, to for the opposition view ahead of that game at the Emirates on Wednesday night. That's up next. Lads, the holidays have come early this year as our partners, Manscaped, have the gift that keeps on trimming with a whole host of male grooming products on offer from the Lawnmower 4.0 to their new refined cologne and everything in between. Manscaped have got everything you need to make sure you're looking more Michael Bublé and less Santa Claus this holiday season. And in the spirit of Christmas, you can get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code we are 
West Ham. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code WeAreWestHam, all one word. Now is the perfect time to get yourself or a loved one the gift of shaving. I am talking about the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, a pair of boxer shorts, a travel kit, and liquid formulations. Yeah, for those who don't know, the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts. And it even has a light to help with all those little dark spots down below. And then there's the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer with its proprietary skin safe technology that helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. Also, in the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, is Crop Preserver, which is a spray that protects against chafing. The Crop Reviver, which will ensure things down there remain fresh at all times. And then there's the Foot Duster, which will make even the ugliest of feet, like mine, look and smell lovely and much, much more. And to top it all off, you even get a shed travel bag so you can carry all your precious Manscaped products in style everywhere you go. So to get your hands on a Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 and to see all the other lovely male grooming products they have on offer ahead of the festive season, Head over to manscaped.com today. And remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code WEARWESTAM. That's WEARWESTAM, all, all one word. WEARWESTAM. It's 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com. So go on, make Santa proud and cement your place on his nice list this Christmas by joining the Manscaped movement. So, as I've been saying, a little bit of a different format this week because we've got the midweek game against Arsenal Wednesday night. I'm delighted to say that joining me is Sun Sport News Editor, all-round good guy, uh, and big, big Arsenal fan. It's Dan Cutts. Dan, lovely to see you again, mate. Returning guest on the We Are West Ham podcast. Uh, I think last time, uh, I think you'd forgotten, had had between four to six pints when I said, <laughs> are you ready? To come on the podcast, but you showed up and, and you did it and I don't think anyone noticed. No, that's why you've got me on earlier in the day this time, mate, I think, <laughs> yeah. to, uh, yeah. to make sure that I hadn't gone to the phone and forgotten. But yeah, thanks for having me back on and yeah, happy to be here. Absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. West Ham Arsenal is always a big game, always a fixture I look forward to for a variety of reasons. You, like me, no doubt. I've got a few Hammers fans uh, among your friendship circle. Same with me. With Arsenal, of course, uh, but it's got a little bit of added spice this season, not just bragging rights at stake. Some actual Premier League points that mean almost as much to both teams. Arsenal sitting in sixth, just two points behind the Hammers in fourth at the moment. Both played 16 games. Uh, you're probably, arguably, after a shaky start to the season in better form. You've had a little dip. You've got all the Aubameyang stuff going on. All in all, we'll get onto that in a bit more detail, but it's the, the context of the game, it, it's really shaping up to be, a, to be a massive, massive game on so many fronts. It should be a great game. Um, yeah, you mentioned form. I'm not quite sure the results of... Uh, we, we've um, we played quite well in a couple of those games. We are absolutely dreadful at Everton last week. Um, and deserves to get beat. It was one of the worst performances I've seen from Arsenal in a long, long time. And uh, I went to Southampton on on Saturday and they they started how they they finished at Everton. They were absolutely shocking. And actually, they were pretty poor throughout Arsenal. The the score, they, they should have won by five or six, but that was more the fact that Southampton are really, really awful. Um, they didn't play that well at all, Arsenal. Um, so... The league position's good and they're, like you say, they're not far off the top four. But it's going to be a tricky little game for them, actually, because, um, yeah, if they start how they started against Southampton and play it as they played at, for the pretty much the 90 minutes against Everton, it's going to be a bit of a struggle against a really, really good West Ham side. And I know a lot of my, a lot of my Arsenal mates are very, very nervous about, about the game on Wednesday because... Um, it could be uh, like they're they're not that confident at all, and, I, and personally, I'm not that confident at all either, really. Yeah, it's it's, it's a strange one. Isn't it? I mean, I was at the that Arsenal Southampton game for work on the weekend as well, and exactly how you said, mate. Southampton pressed high early on, didn't 
they with lots of energy. Arsenal looked completely rattled. And if it was Southampton were a little bit more uh, sharp in front of goal, they mm. could easily have been in one new up in that early stages. The goal was a yeah. little bit against the run of play, just a little bit of a yeah. lapse by Southampton when they were pressing. And you did really well to to undo them. And, and it was a nice goal in the end. The second goal, Fortune, you know, overhit cross from Tomiyasu. Yeah. Tierney goes to shoot and weirdly ends up controlling it. And his cross is blocked, but sits up perfectly for him to head back. Two or three strokes of luck there. And then yeah, it, it just seemed to knock the wind out of Southampton completely, didn't it? They did. But they stopped playing. They stopped playing. You, after uh, I, I wrote afterwards just how, um, you know, there's a feeling, and Mikel Arteta spoke after the game, you know, calling on the Arsenal fans to create like a special night at the Emirates. He was asked, you know, uh, the club are craving like a big, big night under the lights against a London rival. They're craving like a big game like that, a memorable one, almost like a statement win. And it does feel like that at the moment. You you mentioned those results. So you beat Southampton 3-0, lost 2-1 at Everton, lost 3-2 at Man United. Two teams, which, you know, you would hope to have got something out of those games. Yeah. Beat Newcastle at home 2-0. Lost uh, away to Liverpool by four. That virtually takes you back to beginning of November. It it really will. It could be. It feels a bit early in the season to make bold statements like this, but it really could be sort of quite a season-defining game this early on. I would say that. I would say so. Will definitely. Um, I'd hundred percent agree with that. With the teams that we've we've gone away, um, the teams around us this season so far, um, and. We actually played quite well at United, but um, but lost the game. We went um, we went away to Liverpool and got absolutely spanked when the when we were playing. Well, the results I think we were ten unbeaten when we went away to Liverpool. Mm. We haven't had that sort of, in my opinion, that real statement win, like you say, that the teams around us. To go and prove how actually good. I, I, I don't think anyone at Arsenal knows how good this team is, to be honest with you, because every time we seem we seem to be beating the teams lower than us and the teams we should be beating. But every time we should we need to go out there and prove how good they actually are, they seem to bottles it a bit of a strong word, but they seem to struggle. Um, this team, um, and it'd be not. From an Arsenal point of view, it'd be really nice if they were to go out and, like you say, put on a performance and get a bit of a statement. When they, the last game I went to that was sort of under the lights and there was a really good atmosphere actually, it was against Aston Villa a few months ago on a Friday night, um, and we beat them three-one. And they were struggling, but they were still around. They were still seen as our level. They spent a bit of money at that, obviously, in the summer, and um, this was. A, quite a few games before Smith got sacked in the end. And it feels like they need another one of those Villa, the atmosphere, get the atmosphere going early doors and, um, yeah, and put down a bit of a marker for what's going to be a really uh, tricky Christmas period, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's it. We'll, we'll get into the, uh, we'll look ahead and how you think the game's going to go, styles and all that sort of thing in a while. But the big news, of course, uh, literally mm. coming out today. So me and, uh, Dan are having a chat uh, at the moment on Tuesday afternoon, uh, just to give you an idea of where the news cycles at at the moment. So the news come out, obviously, at the weekend. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was dropped from the squad completely for a disciplinary breach. The understanding is, I believe, that he was permitted to go abroad, uh, returned back late, and then missed training on Friday, which has led to him being dropped completely from the squad. On Sunday, stripped of the captaincy. And then, sorry, that's the news, obviously, today, that he's yeah. been stripped of the captaincy permanently. What what did you make of that situation? Sort of, first of all, when it all came out, because it's not the first time he's done it. Done it um, mm. was dropped for the North London derby, wasn't he, earlier in the year? For it's a been, disciplinary breach as well. Mm, it's been coming, Will. It's been coming, yeah. for a, it's been coming for a long time now. Um, this isn't, obviously, behind the scenes at Arsenal. There's There's been a a few murmurings between a lot of staff and playing squad and um, surprised that he's kept it as long as he has. But um, this has been, this is sort of the tip of the iceberg, really. I think they've decided that it's about time. Uh, I think uh, I've seen that he was informed on Monday um, by the club, him and then, and then Arteta told him afterwards that um, he would be stripped of the captaincy um, and then, obviously, 
like you say, we're speaking on the Tuesday. He's not, he's recently, on Tuesday afternoon, he's recently done his press conference where he's slightly uh, gone into a bit more detail, but not too much. He want, they want to keep it sort of behind, uh, in-house. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of unhappy people there with that man. Um, but like I say, it's been coming for a while. Um, and to be honest with you, he only really got the captaincy as a, sort of a mate wait for him to stay and sign that new contract. Um, that, that's my opinion anyway. I don't think that there was anything up, any other reason. He doesn't personally feel like captain's material. He's one, he's more of a leader of by doing. He's a, I mean, yeah. he was a, he's a great goal scorer. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Like he doesn't suit. Unfortunately, I think it's, it's time that Arsenal sort of up. It's, it's, his style doesn't suit this team anymore. Um, but he definitely shouldn't be captain. Um, and the club have seen it that way as well. And um, we'll wait to see who gets made his replacement. Personally, I hope it's Kieran Tierney. I think he yeah, epitomised totally. everything great about, um, well, he, he's a, a, a fan favourite first and foremost, but he is a solid 7, 8 out of 10 every game. Yeah, um, he's British. He's got leadership skills. He's got everything you want in a captain. And um, yeah, he's my pick to be uh, to be taking over the captain's armband. I totally agree. Uh, I, I I couldn't think of anyone else to be honest. Uh, you know, I've heard a few people shouting Ramsdale, and I, I understand where that's come from. He's played eight games. He's, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> he's playing so well, but and he's so early into it. Yeah. I think whacking that on top of him as well, you've got to give him at least a season of cementing yeah. his place and so that this time next year there's no doubt you've just got to let him focus on his football at for the moment, sure haven't you? i mean you saw, him on, you saw him on saturday will um some of the saves he made again um i gave him man like, of the match yeah he i don't think there's a better goalkeeper informed goalkeeper in the league at the minute than him um consistently every game make, making top class saves and like <laughs> Like you say, um, Sam just started really well on Saturday and he sort of kept us in it, really. He did, uh, definitely. To start with. Uh, but like you say, he's eight games in. He's someone... I'm, I'm not a big fan of goalkeepers being captains anyway, personally, but hmm. um, he's... he's If they were to do it, he's one in a few years down the line because um, he's not going to go anywhere by the looks of things, especially on his current form. Um, but I think Tierney's the one. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's been a sort of bit of a leadership crisis on the pitch, certainly at Arsenal, for a while. It almost seems a bit of a poison chalice. It was Xhaka crumbled under the weight of it, didn't he? Um, and, Got booed you know, off the by same... his own fans. Didn't <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was at that game as well, actually. That was yeah, yeah. fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just, uh, it just seems an odd one. But um, is, there, is that the talk at the moment that Tierney is the only place he can really go? There's a couple of names um, from what I've been hearing. Um, a couple of surprising ones. Um, so Tierney's the main one. Um, Odegaard's actually been mentioned um, as well. I think he's Norway captain. Um, right. So he, he's young, but he's he's got that sort of... He, he's got that experience at international level. Um, and then there's been a few other... There's a, an odd one that's been mentioned is Lacazette which um, I think would be more for the experience, but wouldn't go down well with the fan base too well, seeing as how he's pretty set, much set to leave at the end of the season when his contract runs out. So, Who that, mate? Sorry, crack term, it up a little bit there. Sorry, I said um, Lacazette's one that oh, has right, been mentioned, yeah. but he's meant to leave. He's uh, looks like he's set to leave at the end of the season. So from a long-term point of view, that would be a bit of a bad choice. Mm. Um, but like, there's a few names, but I think Tierney's the the sort of favourite, big favourite to take over now. I mean, you have to be first and foremost. I think you have to be a guaranteed starter, don't you? Like we've got Declan Rice as our vice captain, but because Noble, the club captain, is not playing at all, he's captain every week. And Tierney, if you look at your team, such has been the sort of erratic nature of form yeah, and yeah. stuff this season. That Tierney's the only one who you say, yeah, he's guaranteed to play the next 15 games if he's fit, isn't he? Everyone else is kind of, and, and the keeper, but everyone else kind of can be chopped and changed. But um, yeah, when, when are you expecting an announcement on that? I don't know whether, I don't think necessarily who is captain for the game against West Ham will be the long-term captain. I think they might have a little bit more of a think about it. 
I'd be surprised yeah. if that was the case anyway. I think they might go a bit short term. So Lacazette. Yeah, he skipped the other night, didn't he? captain Saturday, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he so was, So I think yeah. they might go Lacazette again on Saturday, on Wednesday for West Ham and then go from there and see what the future holds in as the sort of the weeks go on. Yeah, yeah. So one last one then on Aubameyang. Would you sort of, do you expect him to be here or in at Arsenal at the end of January? Obviously, he's got that huge contract. And from a personal yeah. point of view, what was your, what would you like to see happen with him? Who's going to take him? Well, he's on three hundred and fifty thousand pound a week uh, yeah, in exactly. January. There's not a chance, in my opinion, that anyone wants to take that wage on in January, especially in the midst of a, a pandemic. And we we don't know what football's going to be like again. In we could go. I mean, you've seen the news yourself. Well, we could go back behind closed doors in within the next few weeks again, and the revenue streams go down again, and. I, I just can't see anyone taking three hundred and fifty grand a week off our off our hands in January. For a thirty-two year old, yeah, exactly. 32? I mean, yeah. he's he's not young either, is he? Uh, yeah. You don't want to get yourselves in an Averzel situation though, where you've got a man on huge wages sitting on the bench, and yeah. it's a massive distraction. But it looks like they've got themselves in another one, Arsenal. They, they it's only fourteen months ago he signed the deal, isn't it? 13, fourteen or fifteen months, yeah, September yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I would be very surprised if he goes in January. But they'll definitely try and uh, they'll find some, try and find someone for him. Um, and then um, I think striker will be their their number one target uh, next summer. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Well, look, looking ahead to the game, then big one at uh, the Emirates on Wednesday. Me and you are going together. A uh, little, uh, just, uh, both both completely nervous that yeah. the other one's team's going to win, so we have to find an excuse to leave immediately after yeah, the game yeah, when we're yeah. supposed to be having a social. Um, what? How do you see it, sort of style-wise, playing out before we get into score predictions and all that? What, how do you see the game going, sort of styles from Arsenal side and then West Ham's, of course. Well, it's going to, yeah, as we spoke about, it's going to be a really tricky game for Arsenal. Um, I mean, West Ham against big sides this year have been unbelievable. Um, I thought they were absolutely excellent against Liverpool, unbelievable against Chelsea. Um, I know these are home games, but still, um, just this, the style's still there. You, 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 I, well, you'll know better than me, but it feels like you'll try and play that exact same way, whether mm. you're at home or away. Um, and it and it's uh, it suits that team perfectly. Um, you've got the best midfielder in the league um, at the minute, in my eyes. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I think Arsenal might struggle. Um, I think they might try and start fast, and then West Ham get into it and dominate the first, the last twenty minutes of the first half. And it's how Arsenal uh, Arsenal deal with that. Um, they're not great. They're not great. Um, you saw it yourself against Southampton. When the when the press came on, um, they weren't great, but they kept trying and they kept trying. And the first goal was actually unbelievably put together once they got round that press. But this was Southampton. West Ham are a totally different kettle of fish now. You're talking mm. about one of the best teams in the league now. Um, I never thought I'd put those words in. <laughs> I'm so glad this is recorded. You never think you'd hear those words, did you? But, um, I'm going to send you that video clip every single morning for the rest of our yeah. lives. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, but you are, and uh, I think Arsenal might struggle, um, um, especially, especially if Rice starts dominating and dictating the speed of the game, which he does so well. Because um, as you know, he he can. If he wants to slow it down, he will, and if he wants to quicken it up, he will. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure Party and Xhaka are going to be able to handle handle him in midfield, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, I'm. I think it's going to be a, a tricky tricky night for Arsenal. A very tricky night. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I went up to Burnley on Sunday, uh, mate. An experience I don't want to talk about ever again. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah and. Yeah, nil-nil. And it was one of those, really. I think we should have had a penalty, to be honest. Um, and then we had a couple of like half chances. Nick Pope did okay. He made some decent saves. But yeah. it was just one of those games where it was if we were going to win, it was always going to be a grim nil, uh, one-nil. Yeah, and then yeah. you're just happy. You, you just got to find it somewhere. We weren't able to. Um, however, like you say, against the big teams, I think we, we struggle against the smaller teams because we don't 
care about having the ball. We're quite happy to have less mm. possession. We beat uh, Man United at Old Trafford earlier in the season in the cup. And I think we had 39% possession or something like that for the whole game. We're happy yeah. to do that. Um, so That's playing against a team me. like Arsenal. Yeah, exactly. That's what worries us. me is because, because of the way that Arteta likes to play, which is very uh, dominant in possession. Um, I, I And it's the total opposite of the way that you want to play. You're yeah. quite happy, like you say, you're quite happy to play without the ball. I fear that that might play into West Ham's hands. Uh, I, I do. I, the thing is, what, what I think is going to be, in, I honestly make, think it's going to be about four all. <laughs> I, I just, we've got we've got uh, Craig Dawson and Issa Diop, which are our B team centre backs at the back. They played fine on Sunday, but it's going to be a different kettle of fish against Arsenal. Arthur Masuaku, <laughs> it doesn't sound like from Moises' comments this morning that Cresswell's going to be back with the back injury he mm. suffered away at Manchester City, which means Arthur Masuaku at left back, which is not strong defense. up against Saka. I don't like those odds at all. Didn't you just um, beat Chelsea with this back four, though? Uh, yes, it was a bit more of a, a defensive five. It, well, he might even go five. Yeah, That's yeah. the interesting thing. But we haven't got any... Uh, we had Zuma for that, oh, and right, he's, yeah, yeah. he got injured in that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, we started with a five. Zuma went off, and then we switched to a four. And that was when we came into the game and went and won it. So we, we haven't got enough defenders to play five. So it'll be four at the back with Masuaka at left back, which is just very, very scary indeed. But then... As we've seen this season, Arsenal at the back have got a rick in them. The reason Ramsdale's so good is because he's had to face so many shots, isn't it? That's why he's looking so good at the moment. Anyone who plays FPL know that he he makes absolutely tons of saves every game. So he gets loads of bonus points. That's because his defence and midfield are are leaking opportunities all the time, isn't it? 100%, mate. Like you say... um... I'd like to see the block shot stats this season <laughs> from Arsenal because I don't think one of those centre arse have got their way in front of a ball all season. It feels like anyway, but um, yeah, he uh, he. There's a like you say, there's a reason why he's uh, he's been so good this season, and it's just because we we do leak chances, uh, and like you say, well, I hope it. I hope from a neutral perspective, it is a, is a four all, but. Um, I hope for my heart's sake and my, uh, because I imagine we'll both be having a heart attack if it is for all after 90 minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it, it's going to hope it sounds like um, you're not particularly confident in your back four at the minute either. So it could be quite open in that case. I think the key battles are going to be that Saka Masuaku, and I don't, that's not going to be a battle. I think that should be a key area of the pitch, which Arsenal will understandably target, because why would you not? If you're going against Masuaku or Kufau, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, and I think it comes down to if Antonio can pull his finger out. He's done absolutely nothing the past, I think it's nine games without a goal now. Really? Uh, again, yeah. just lolloping around at Burnley on the weekend. David Moyes coming out and saying, you can see signs it's starting to click again. He's got to say that because we haven't got any other strikers. So Antonio will play again. And if he just drags himself around, Arsenal away is not a game where you can carry someone like that. We need his, even if it's not what he does on the ball, we need his runs and drag him mm. defenders about to open it up for Ben Rama, Fournells and Bowen behind. Um, so, yeah, they're the, the sort of key areas, I think, which is going to yeah, affect I the game. I'll be honest, mate, I don't know about you, before we do predictions, if you offer me another nil-nil, Mainly because I haven't had to drive 10 hours there and back <laughs> to watch it. Uh, yeah. A little 45 minutes on the train on Wednesday night <laughs> uh, to meet up with you is going to be far more bearable than it was Sunday. But I would take a nil-nil again now, really. I'd uh, I'd take a nil-nil. I'd take yeah. a nil-nil, for sure. Absolutely. I think that's a good point for both teams, personally. But I think if one of the, one of the other was to go away and nick it, I think that takes you into Christmas, the Christmas period with an absolutely huge boost um, and the other team, um, huge deflation, really. Uh, mm. Arsenal have got a lot of fixtures coming up and a lot of tough fixtures as well. We've got City on New Year's Day as well at home, um, which you wouldn't anticipate much out of. We've got Wolves at home, I think, um, uh, in that period who have 
playing really well at the minute. We're unlucky not to take something away from City on Saturday. Um, so yeah, there's a tricky period coming up, and they need they, this is this is a period now where they need to get a little run going to take them into the Christmas Christmas period and New Year period and into January. Um, and I imagine West Ham feel the same way, especially um, obviously after a bit of a disappointing result away uh, on on Sunday. Was it for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sunday, yeah. <laughs> I think I think uh, if you can come away with three points, it would take you into that into that period with full of confidence but but I'll take a point I'll take a point yeah yeah I totally agree mate I totally agree well look, I'm looking forward to uh meeting you at Highbury and Islington beforehand uh whether I'll enjoy the actual game quite as much as the uh the pre hopefully uh, <laughs> kickoff aperitifs I don't know but um Katsi thanks for coming on the show again no it's brilliant mate. to have you back no uh, just give us a score prediction uh two all Two all. Oh, yeah. Okay, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go three all as well. I think um definitely gonna go goals, goals, goals in my charity bets, which uh you'll hear from next. But yeah, I like the sound of it. Exciting time, so mate for both teams. Uh, Indeed. sort of looking up on the whole. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for coming Good on the forward. We Are Sound podcast again. Stay with us, it's Betway Charity Bets next. So, Jonesy, uh, we've mentioned already, uh, we've obviously raising, been raising money for Isla's Fire and Dylan Tombidi's foundation and the Bobby Moore Fund this year through the Betway Charity Bets. Can I have your Betway bet for Arsenal, please? So, I've gone for draw. Don't win often at the Emirates, so I'm, I'm backing us to get a point at least. Both teams to score and bow yep. into two or more shots on target. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Reese has gone for uh, West Ham over 6.5 corners. Suchek anytime and over four and a half goals, which is 60 to one. Yours is 12 to one, James. Uh, and I have gone for more than five and a half goals, uh, more than seven and a half corners and Declan Rice at least one shot on target. Uh, I just fancy it's going to be goals. More than five Honestly, and a half goals. Saka against Masuaku. Time, yeah. yeah, Saka against Masuaku. Um, and then our two centre-backs in the middle. I was at Arsenal at the weekend. They look good going forward, week at the back. If we can turn it on, we can bang a few as well. So it's only 18 to 1, that. But a reminder, you can back these for real on the Betway website and app. Just go to pre-built bets for the West Ham Arsenal game. Scroll down for the We Are West Ham podcast, uh, and you'll find our names there. That's all for this week. Just a reminder that, uh, yeah, we're just doing two mini podcasts this week, either side of the Arsenal game. Uh, so you'll hear from us again probably Thursday night slash Friday morning with some Arsenal reaction. Look ahead to Norwich and some more Betway. Thanks for joining us. Just a reminder, everyone, West Ham are still massive uh, and we'll see you in about three days. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.